Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of the Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. And the key letter for today is V. No, not V for vendetta, but V for volatility. <laughs> we, I, I've never lived through a time when I've seen so much topsy-turvy going on politically, but equally economically. And we're going to talk about the economic implications for you and for me with our expert, Robert Kudla from Trade Genius, and he's agreed to come on and weigh in. Uh, the second time in a month here where we've had extreme volatility, but one of the latest stimulus bill, you've got to be kidding me. Bob, welcome to the show. I'm glad you could join us, but I look at this uh, latest uh, putting $600 in the hands of Americans as uh, all loss and no gain. Yeah, so this is um, this is Nancy Pelosi's Mary, Marie Antoinette moment. Let them be paid. So she, That's uh, awesome. That's a great she, analogy. She, she said that twelve hundred dollars were crumbs, but then she agreed to six hundred just because she wanted to spite Trump. And uh, people are calling her on it, and not just for. I never seen such derision for a for a, a pandemic stimulus package than than this one, you know. And uh, you know, I don't want to. Let's stay macro. I don't want to get into the micro of this stuff, but. It, it was absolutely a, um, a it was a goodie bag <clears throat> for the uh, for Congress and and a fig leaf for the folk, you know. So, um, but what this means, though, Dave, is that the market's been living off of of what they call hope. So the algorithms are all tied to vaccines. They're all tied to the stimulus. Well, the vaccines are out, regardless of how you feel about them. The vaccines are out. And stimulus now is out. So now all the quote unquote good news has been baked into the market. And so now, you know, we're going in, we're getting a little bit of what they call the Christmas, uh, um, you, you know, you get a little bit of this Christmas push, but, you know, come next week, you know, the last week of the year, people, you know, think it's quiet. A lot of times you get these really, really sharp moves because there's not a lot of, of trading activity going on that sets the stage for the the next year. And I think I have a sneak peek into the mind of the elite here, if you will indulge in my my tinfoil for a second. I usually don't do this. So Well listen, we need to make sense of this craziness. So I welcome your speculation on this. Okay, so this is my thinking. Now I'm not saying it's gonna happen. I'm just saying that this is a what if. Let's you know, I'm still I'm still hopeful that Trump's going to prevail here uh, legally, but I think their plan is that, uh, and England kind of let the cat out of the bag. They're 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 going to try to lock us down around the world for another six to nine months, and and to get us into the summer and fall of 2021, then dump a worldwide stimulus package onto the world, and to set the um, the Democrats in the United States up for a massive victory in 2022. And we're starting to see headlines, the roaring 20s coming back after the pandemic. And and so you're starting to see, I'm already seeing the narrative start to, it's almost like after World War II when we had the, uh, um, after all the uh, rationing was done, all this pent up demand, there'll be pent up truck. 
everybody's going to be feeling really good about what the elites have done. And I think that's what they're trying to do. And um, I don't think they'll be successful, but I think that's the narrative I'm seeing. And it's going to be, they're going to be spendaholics. Mm -hmm. So we're positioning, we're positioning for the spend. And, 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 and I think that's the direction you're going to want to take us, Dave. I think you're um, on the money with that. Um, and I like that positioning for the spend. That, that's very well stated. But I think there's one other element I would probably add in this. Um, I'm not going to get any stimulus. But if I were to need stimulus and get stimulus and I get $600, I'm saying screw you. I'm going back to work. Come and arrest me. I dare you. And I think this is going to be widespread. Yeah, I mean, people are angry. They're like, $600? I can't even go to the grocery store for three weeks on that with a family. I know, you know what I mean? Exactly. And, and paying rent? Uh, I mean, what, is supposed four families living in a one-bedroom apartment? I mean, where, where does this crap end? Um, but I'm telling you, you're right. People are angry, and, and I think there's going to be huge pushback. We're already seeing it in certain locations right now. You know, Cuomo is banned from dining in any New York restaurants now. They all banded together against him. Yeah, I, I saw know. that. That's pretty funny. It is in funny. San Diego here, they, uh, a Georgia, a judge, unless somebody from the, the um, Gavin, uh, Gavin Newsom administration can, can lay out the science to me why restaurants need to be closed and why they have to have this top-down it's up to the restaurants and other businesses to define their own COVID uh, uh, safety protocols, like you allow the grocery stores to do. So San Diego said, um, the, basically the judges said, hey, <clears throat> you guys can do what you need to do to stay open. And so I think you're going to see more and more of that kind of pushback. But I think the big thing here is I think the total rejection of of centralized authority because i think everybody now just all agree that we've been totally played here on many many fronts i agree i totally agree with you and and it's um and we have been played and we know the virus does do some damage to select populations but but bob this is the first time in history we've ever quarantined the healthy right so that's so there is no science it's this was totally political yeah, but there. But I think also the lockdowns are are going to be put in place through the first of January for subjects that we can't talk about today. Yeah, I hear you, um, and I do agree with that on that notion that the lockdowns are going to be put into place. How does this change the market? I mean, no, I know it's highly volatile, but in what ways is this volatile? Yeah, I mean, the market is really ready for a pretty decent sell-off. We got a hint of it on Monday. I mean, in a blink of an eye, the Dow is down a thousand points. Mm -hmm. So the market, from every measurement known to man, is probably 30, 40 percent overvalued, but it's just been levitated by basically Fed juice. And so I don't know how and when that goes away, but what comes out of any kind of sell off is going to be a recognition that. The spend, the spending is going to come at at enormous rates. Look, we already we're already committed to three trillion dollars in what was just this, agreed to this past week, Dave. And I'm hearing another three trillion are going to come in 2021. So that's just going to blow the doors off of, off of inflation 
and and you know basically you're going to want to own uh, hard assets versus financial assets and you're already seeing it move we had you know we had breakouts in uranium we've had breakouts in platinum you know and you're going to see uh you know basically there's a war now on the currencies and you'll you'll see silver and gold platinum palladium uranium copper steel all that stuff's going to move and believe it or not oil's going to move too even though they they keep talking green new deal because production will get curtailed faster than consumption will be curtailed so you're going to have a lift in oil prices at the same time you know not a subject for today's conversation but but food inflation is coming mm -hmm. and it's going to be um i think in the united states it's going to be food shocks okay but the um but like in china it's getting real you know they're 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 scouring the world uh you know they're basically buying out Brazil. They're buying out Argentina. They came to the U.S. and bought rice here, Dave. Rice. That's amazing. America. That is just incredible. I know. I saw that, and I thought the world turned upside down. But they have, yeah, the Chinese are in such dire straits right now. And uh, they better hope Trump doesn't survive because uh, they're going to go straight into the dumper. But this yep. volatility, I want to go back and and just talk about something you just mentioned just for the layperson that may not be really adept with all the terms and, and phrases, but you said that uh, better to own hard assets versus financial instruments. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, so you want to own something that has scarcity to it. <clears throat> so a stock in and of itself, like if you know, like Microsoft or Google, there's no scarcity to it because at any given time, the the CEO and the board of that that company can decide to create more shares. So it, it's an asset that's not scarce, and so it's all based on confidence. But the hard assets are based off of the scarcity. There's a cost of getting it out of the ground. There there's consumption using it up. You can only get out so much so fast. And so the, the supply demand imbalance favors purchasing those assets. Now for you and I, it makes little sense to try to hold too much of what they call the physical. So you buy the miners that are producing it. And you know, look, I mean, this this past three months, S the steel stocks were up 80%. Uranium's breaking out. There's some that are already at 100% gains. And these are just the beginning Dave, if this as this plays out, you know, you're looking at, you know, five to eight X moves in these miners based on just what happened in twenty eleven when we had the last commodity push when the when the central banks decided that the dollar was overvalued. Okay, so just to get it back to where it was before. And the imbalances are even worse this time. So it's going to be a tremendous opportunity for people to get in. And we're not too late. We're like probably in the third inning. You and I have been talking about this for a while. We've already had doubles since we've started talking about this. But the big move is just is just starting. And it already started in uranium. So people need to have a position in uranium stocks. And then also agricultural chemicals because as the food growing areas struggle next year, you're going to have um, – you're going to have more and more potash you need to be put into the ground. And so there's um, uh, 
tremendous opportunity in in what they call the ag chem companies and then platinum and palladium are going to go copper is going to go because of the electric revolution and then and then gold and silver will just simply go as a dollar weekend so that's that's what i mean by physical hard assets now people say well what about real estate well it's what it's called what it all depends so you're going to want to own real estate that or where people are moving to and also that could support cash income you know that like storage places or farms and stuff like that you just don't want to own class a space because class a is in the big cities and everybody's leaving them so that's kind of what um what i'm referring to dave yeah you're right there is a metropolitan flight going on from la uh, to new york and really all over the country and particularly where there are strong lockdowns people are are, are leaving and it's even happening in Europe. So you're, you're right on the money with that. I, I, um, I'm listening to you talk here, and, I, and I'm kind of conceptualizing this phrase. I think you're talking about stocks that are hot and those that are not, and why. Yeah, exactly right. So they've been, they've been, pumping, they've been pumping the stock du jour you know, for the last year, right? So it was the FANG stocks. And then we moved into the EV stocks, which are still screwing around. And, and you know, like look, yesterday Apple, Apple decided to, to announce that they may get into the, you know, automotive business. Well, their stock jumped on that news because they have this battery technology, and then all the charging stations jumped because Pete Buttigieg says that he wants to basically have a Marshall plan for charging stations. So that's that's still. But that plays into my thesis that, well, you need copper, you need cobalt, you need steel, you know, you need silver. You need all those metals to get those type of infrastructure positions, a piece in the position. And so anything that these guys want to do, Green New Deal for climate mitigation, takes metals. They want to spend more than we can produce. That's going to lift uh, the... Uh, uh, precious metals. They want to limit production. Well, guess what? That means oil prices are going to rise. So, you know, yada, 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 yada. So that's kind of, you know, what I'm seeing in my view on it. And, and uh, the die is cast. So they can't, they can't, they can't stop what's happening at this point. Mm -hmm. And they know it. And they rather have this, Dave, than a deflationary collapse. They rather have the, they rather have us frogs in a pot versus throwing us right into the campfire because we won't react as fast to it. Look at this. Look how long it's taken people to react to all the frauds that are thrown at us on a daily basis. No, I... <laughs> uh, yeah. How many frauds do you want to count? You're exactly right. Um, one other problem, too, though, with the electric cars um, is the lithium for the batteries. Uh, one, lithium is proving to be unstable, is what I'm reading, and it's really not a reliable power source 100% of the time, like what we have now with gasoline-powered cars. And the other thing is, I've, I've been reading that extracting lithium from the ground is ecologically damaging, and I can't believe Ocasio-Cortez and the progressive wing of the Democratic Party are going to be okay with that. Oh, Dave, 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 Dave. They don't. They don't care if if um, 
they ruin uh, Peru or Bolivia, as long as that it's pristine in the elite cities, you know, this is the Hunger Games, baby. So they don't care if they don't live there. It's like out of sight, out of mind. I mean, look at the cobalt mines. They send these kids down there. They don't last till they're 15 years old because they, their lungs are shot, right? So um, they don't care about that stuff. But you're right about one thing about lithium. You know, one thing probably your listeners don't know about me is that from 2006 to uh, 2019, uh, I, I owned a solar energy company. You know, it's, even though I had Trade Genius, I was an owner and I had I had people, um, you know, working for me. So I understand this 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 whole green space very very well. And um, you know, lithium is 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 desired because it's light. But, but, uh, sorry about that. Um, it, <laughs> dogs want to get in. It's desired because it's light. So it's 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 good for phones and good for this. But, but, you know, it's also very unstable. As you know, you can't have lithium in water or air or it will absolutely will, will explode. So you're going to see a move to sodium in terms of like the heavy, you know, industrial utility strength. And then also now they're, they're working on these other um, uh, types of capacitors that are even, even uh, using more exotics and going to carbon. So lithium at some point is going to, is going to go away in terms of the metal that's being used. But here's the kicker. The Germans do not want electric vehicles because it destroys their combustion energy, uh, a combustion engine industry. Basically, Germany auto will be worthless without the combustion engine. So they're coming out with some really, really cool hydrogen technology. So, you know, we may, it may be like the Betamax VHS thing where you're, you're going to run around and, you know, Betamax EV, the Germans come out with a superior VHS hydrogen system, which is energy dense, you know, extended range, cheap. And, and then we sit here and we spend a trillion dollars sticking in charging stations where instead of having um, basically the hydrogen future. So this, 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 um, you know, story has not been not been told yet. You know, wind energy was supposed to be the greatest thing since sliced bread. Well, guess what? It's not really effective. Solar is limited. You know, I, I live where solar is effective. In fact, you know, and people live in Arizona, they don't realize the hotter it is, the less effective solar is. The panels are, are less efficient at really high temperatures. And so, but once you're outside the solar triangle basically basically you know you're looking at phoenix denver san francisco kind of you know down to the mexican border solar is not effective and it's not cost effective so all we're going to be doing is layering and costs onto the american people so you're going to have energy inflation you're going to have food inflation you're going to have monetary inflation and at the same time they have you locked down you can't make any money so so that's what's ahead of us. So we're going to have to be in a position to, um, you know, to profit from it because they're going to make it really, really hard for people to generate wealth. Do you think, uh, does does this have a shelf life to where it maximally kicks in? Um, explain a little further for me. Well, in other words, um, 
I agree with you. These things are in play. In fact, I'm already seeing the food inflation in the restaurants. But, but um, when you look at um, these factors coalescing together to bring extreme hardship to the American people, um, do you have a timetable on this? I mean, how long do you think it'll be until oh. we just say life is not sustainable economically in the way we've known it? Well, I, I think this plays out over the next uh, over the next three years, but you're going to see a bite, you know, pretty pretty um, in the very near future. I think the next harvest season that comes around, I think people are going to realize that the Chinese have basically strip mined all the excess supply around the world for themselves, and 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 you're going to see food shocks in the United States and in Europe, and then the next year after that. I think we're going to see a bigger bite from the global cooling, and then I think people are going to realize that the central banks can't keep uh, easing, and so you're going to get a monetary blowback because they're going to have to raise interest rates, and then I think it, the whole thing the whole thing comes to a head around 2024. Okay, yeah, that's that's what I was looking for, and, and this is what I anticipate, and so at that time, people will be willing to accept any kind of economic revision on globalist terms. Is that about right? Yeah, I mean, they proved that they, if they make it painful enough, people will, will agree to anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, and and um, what's the what are the vaccines going to do to medical costs? I mean, what about health care costs, health care inflation? Have you looked at that at all? Um, yeah, I mean... Um, well, it's it's going to go one of two ways, right? Either you're going to have they're going to contain the cost and the quality of care is going to and the, and it's going to be it's going to be rationed and it's going to be less um of lesser quality, but you know the vaccines are an unknown, you know. I mean, uh, and I'm not, you know, I'm not necessarily anti-vax. I don't want to. I don't want people people to be mad at me or not mad at me. I. I, I haven't studied that as much, and and you know in my personal life I haven't seen the negative effects. However, I I I, I don't disagree with people who feel that way. Uh, I don't get the flu vaccine. I haven't got one in in 30 years uh, because I think your immune system is sufficient, you know. But this RNA vaccine is a is a game changer, and I don't think they know enough about what they're injecting into people. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, Dave, and say that their their um their cause is noble, okay? Yeah, but I they agree. Don't know, they don't know enough about it and what we're seeing early here 3% um reaction that requires medical care and hospitalization. Well, that's higher than who's getting sick. And so I don't know if they're creating a, a future storm in front of us, and then God forbid if they're noble, their intentions are not noble, then I, I don't know what kind of Frankenstein they're they're going to create. So I just think they 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 use this as an opportunity to rush rush out new technology that maybe people more in engaged in you and I may know what's going on. You know, the next three innings, and this RNA vaccine may just be the precursor to more nefarious things down the line. It could be. Here, here's my main concern with the vaccines. Um, have they rushed? Yes. And and they've used emergency situations as the justification for doing so. In one way, it's hard to argue with that logic. But here's what bothers me. You can't watch a big pharma ad on TV or see it in a magazine 
without looking at the contraindications and the black box warnings of side effects for every single medicine. I've not seen anything on the vaccines that talk about contraindications or black box warnings. And I'm not a believer in this is the pristine development of all time with no faults. It's, there's never been something like that in medicine. Oh, I agree. I mean, a vaccine usually takes three to five years on a normal basis here and there. We're rushing out 70 of them in six months. So. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. But you know what? I, I, I'm going to give them some latitude and say, well, okay, uh, it's an emergency situation. We, we don't want mutations to start kicking in. And I have this. That's a logical argument. When they say mutations could happen 18 months, two years out. So we got to get on top of this now. And so therefore you have an emergency situation. That is logical from a medical perspective. But it doesn't mean it doesn't come without a cost. And, and you know, I just, you know, we're kind of off the beaten track here, but I just want to say that I have trouble mandating something for people who might have compromised health conditions, you know, like asthma, diabetes, whatever, and, and we don't know what the contraindications are. That, that's, that's what I have a problem with, is that employers can mandate this, and, and they don't even know what they're mandating people into. Well, I think it brings up a bigger issue than that is that the whole privatization of of uh, of laws. So what they can't legislate, and then, then then the Democrats couldn't get it through the judiciary. So now they they went ahead and they compromised the elite corporations to basically do their bidding. Exactly, and and they're doing it with a face mask. I mean, uh, face he, mask. He, he, yeah, right. here in Arizona. You don't have to wear them if you have certain health conditions, but try going into a restaurant and you go, well, I have asthma or I have diabetes or I have cancer. And they'll say, get the hell out. Uh, even though the governor here mandated that there were exceptions to face masks because they're getting the businesses to do the mandatory part for them. Right. And it's just not that. It's anything that doesn't, doesn't match the narrative uh, is basically uh, outsourced to the uh, uh, big tech and big corp to uh, to mandate on their behalf. I mean, if you're on the and this is what scares a lot of people about the digital currencies that are coming, is that you know you can get canceled, but you know you still have your bank account. Well, if you go digital currency, they can cancel you and you can't eat. So um, so you know there, there's a lot of things that are that are going to come to a head, and I think uh, <clears throat> I think it's a race. You know, I think. Um, Everybody thinks that the elites will necessarily win, but um, Marie Antoinette and King Louis thought they were going to win too, and they lost their heads. <laughs> so you know, I think um, I love it. Yeah, so I think they don't. I don't. I think they don't know what happens when they start whacking on the hornet's nest in America because it's it's been so long before the what I would call the right side of the political spectrum has been this agitated. And so, um, and these are the people that are necessarily productive. These are the people that are spread out across the entire country. These are the people that perform the functions that require a society to be successful. And you, if they shut it down or they cause anger, you know, I mean, the city of San Francisco can't last a week, right, without the San Joaquin Valley. So I, I just think people just need to brush up on the Hunger Games, and I think they'll find out, you know, really, you know, how vulnerable these people are. You know, somebody posted this morning, you know, hey, there's 80 million of us and only 535 of them. Why are we afraid? 
And I think that's that's you know goes back to Ben Franklin, right? That says, you know, um, if if you you fear them, it's tyranny. If they fear you, it's 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 liberty. And and I think we've not given them enough dose of fear. Yeah, I think that you're you're right on the money with that. But out of all this, though, uh, should come some opportunities. Because yep. of the volatility, it, it creates gaps in what we're used to. Before we go there, though, real quickly, I, there was something I did want to bring up. Uh, you were talking about food inflation, food supply, China's role in all this, and how they're harvesting the world. There's something we're doing to ourselves that I think is suicidal, and I wanted to get your reaction to it. Closing down the meat packing plants and keeping them closed because of COVID. My feeling is send in the National Guard in hazmat suits if you have to keep the food supply going. Yeah, you know what's interesting what's happening because um, you know I kind of follow this a little bit is that there's probably a ray of sunshine coming from this. So when the the big centralized meat packing decided to um, to uh, embrace COVID response and basically they found out they can make more money in doing so. A lot of the farmers now are creating decentralized uh, processing. And oh, okay, okay, yeah. So what we're seeing now is a is a resurgence of local meatpacking, and what we call direct buy, where you can actually <clears throat> get to a farmer and pre-buy your meat. And so I think you're going to see this a resurgence of the local butcher again, a resurgence of you know the local processor again. And so and that's not going to come tomorrow, but it makes sense for a farmer when he finds out how much the end, the dress price of beef is versus what he, he or she's getting paid for it off the hoof. And, you know, they're not stupid. They can do the math. And they know how much it costs to process. So the most of the profit now is in that processing. And so the farmers are like, hey, you know, why don't we get together and do it ourselves? And start cutting out the the you know the big processing centers, and uh, and then people like they like the idea of uh, of knowing where their food's coming from. So you're gonna you're gonna see I think um, you know not that there won't be any pain, but I think what's gonna come out of all this, Dave, is the, is really the peak centralization, and I think we're gonna go back to more decentralized living. You know, it's really interesting you'd say that because you're following a really distinct sociological model that talks about, let's say you go through um, hunting and gathering to pastoral to agriculture to industrial. When one of these levels has great difficulty, people retreat to an earlier level. And the earlier level always is more decentralization. And, and so sociologically, you're right on the money with a proven uh, historical development. And, and it, it's kind of like I'm looking for the farmers. Maybe they'll even start doing their own small community collectivization for processing where they'll band together in these small communities and, and they'll be self-sufficient in that way and they won't need the big corpse. Yeah, and you're seeing it now. Look, people are leaving the city. When you leave the city, you go to 10 or 12 different suburbs or exurbs, right? And so they, um, they're, yeah, it's, the cities are going to hollow out. <clears throat> and I think that's it. that is a model of what you're going to see in everything. And technology is allowing it. I mean, look at, you know, the, the nature we have Skype and Zoom. Companies can have their people anywhere in the world. That's anywhere true. Anywhere in the world. 
You know, I just saw a thing in Hawaii where they uh, they're offering Hawaiians that moved out of state to come back to pay for their flight. Hey, work from home in Hawaii. You know, and basically the Hawaiians are like, hey, spend your money here. You don't have to be in L.A. now because you're sitting on a Zoom call anyway. Why don't you Zoom from here? You know, and then at the end of the day, spend all your money at our grocery stores and et cetera, et cetera. That's really so, that's really interesting because with um, industrialization, we saw 90 percent rural become 90 percent urban. And now we're seeing the reversal of that trend. And you know what really I think has led to this? The essential, non-essential business designations of blue democratic big cities. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 they hung themselves. And, and, and same with the blue states. And they're, they're going to lose power because of that. And, but it's just natural because yeah. you know, they, 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 they provide no value and people you know, still can vote with their feet. The whole, the whole agenda, agenda 21, is uh, COVID has blown that up. Well, he really has. Well, l- let me ask you this. This decentralization trend that we're beginning to see here, both with migration and with business and agriculture, does this influence investments at all in terms of what people should be doing now to take advantage of these trends? Yeah. So what I've been telling people is that, look, you're, you're going to want to be positioned in uranium because that is the only green energy that's going to that has carry. You want to be positioned in ag chemp companies because they're going to need to throw fertilizer onto these crops to um, when the, sh- the growing season shorten. And, and you're going to want to own platinum and palladium. Those are the three for sure. And as the dollar weakens, you're going to want to have increased amounts of silver and gold in your portfolio. And then when food inflation starts to hit, we're going to start looking at some of these, some of these wholesalers and, mm-hmm. and in terms of, cause they're going to be able to buy it, hold it, profit, and then sell it. So that's, that's the future. And then everything else will probably struggle, but, but we won't care because we're going to be profiting from it all. Well, let me ask you this. What about Bitcoin since it can be substituted for the dollar as a medium of exchange? Um, Bitcoin is, um, uh, is basically being used now as basically to, to get yourself out of um, the banking system. Mm-hmm. So that is, um, uh, the elites have already jumped on that. And you've noticed institutions now are starting to buy Bitcoin a lot. I have seen so, that, yes. And so, I mean, even Northern Trust said there'll be a custodian. So there is a there is a shortfall right now, supply demand imbalance between what is being quote unquote mined, basically creating the inflation of you know the of the new coins, which are rapidly diminishing in growth and the demand. And so you you know you're looking at you know six eight x factors in 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 the price of, of Bitcoin and related altcoins are going to have I think some moves that are going to be a little bit breathtaking. And that's going to coincide with also the, the moves in the precious metals and, and such. Is the window of opportunity for Bitcoin investment for the first time investor, is that window pretty much closed right now? No, we're going to have a pretty good, you know, one thing about cryptocurrencies is that it's still fairly illiquid. So we literally could have a four or $5,000 correction in it without a blink. 
And so you, you just have to look and wait for a pullback. You know, it kind of follows the growth of the um, of the Fed's balance sheets worldwide. And that's why it's been pushing up, but also factored in with the local currencies. So if the dollar strengthens for any reason, we could see a pretty good pullback in Bitcoin. But that would be an opportunity to buy versus to sell out. Okay. That, that, that. Yeah, because I I've seen Bitcoin. I think it hit what they said was twenty four thousand, and they were championing this as such a big move. And I thought, okay, that window might be closed. But you're saying a correction is coming, and if you're going to get into it, that's the time. Yeah, absolutely. And okay. then for other people, just just buying a little bit at a time, you know, because it's definitely going to be used as an alternative to. Um, an alternative to uh, the banking systems. And look, some of these banking systems in Europe are about ready to go literally yeah. under. So, you know, you're not going to want the money in banks. And the fact that institutions want to do 100, 200, 500 million dollars onto their balance sheets, you know, um, that's opening the door for other people to say, maybe we should, maybe we should have some of our assets out of cash and into this, this, this new thing called digital, you know, uh, blockchain currency. Okay, that, that makes a lot of sense to me, too. These uh, investments, though, that you mentioned that would be wise to get into right now, how much of that is tied to the anticipated green movement if there is a Biden administration? Um, you know, uh, somewhat, but it's not just that. I think, uh, I think this move towards uh, electric vehicles, it goes beyond Biden. Okay, I agree because with you. The, yeah. um, you know, you're talking about India and China. These countries, uh, you know, they they like the idea of of electric because number one, if they can put nuclear in, they're not importing oil. Okay. Yep. So, so I think you're going to see, and in Africa, they don't have a big gasoline infrastructure, so they can literally just jump onto the next generation like they did with telecom. And so I, I think I think that die is cast too. So regardless if it's Trump or Biden. We're just going to keep on keeping on. And, you know, look, I don't I don't mind having non-polluting cars. You know, I'm not opposed to it. The only the only catch I see here is this, is that for the first time in a long time in America, we're now an oil exporter. And it seems like we're giving up that advantage. We, we could be self-sufficient on oil ourselves. Yeah, I know the Democrats have some sort of allergic reaction to extraction. So, um so that's that. So they're, they're not thinking clearly, you know. And I don't, and you know, they talk out of both sides of their mouth because it's supposed to be anti-war. Well, if you know, if you don't need the Middle East, we can pull out of the Middle East, right? You know. And so you have some of that going on, where where they they're basically talking out of both sides of their mouth. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, that's that's why I brought that up. You you anticipated my next question. Um, so we have political duplicity going on. So that's the only objection I have. I, I like the idea of clean cars, but I don't like the idea of giving up a self-sufficient advantage that we have over the rest of the world. So that that's just where where I sit on this. But I, I agree with you um, about the trend on these other things. I, I, one thing I keep reading about is palladium. I, I, every time I'm reading investment journals, um, palladium jumps right to the head of the list. Yeah, palladium and platinum, they're, they're, they're both the white metals. <clears throat> they both do similar things, and um, they're both um, uh, rare, and they, they're not as subject to the, to the short-selling 
that the banks can do with gold and silver. So you definitely want to have positions in that. And there's more pure platinum players out there than there are pure palladium, you know, miners out there. So, you know, so we've been focusing on platinum because the prices tend to move together, Dave. Yeah, that's, yeah, I get it. Well, you teach people how to do this, don't you? We do. We do. We not only teach them how to do it, we actually give them access to the system that we use. And then we provide chat rooms so that they can interact with us. And then uh, we actually even provide trade signals every day as well. So we so they can prove the system and also they can make money while they're uh, learning how to use our system. So we put together some Christmas specials uh, for your listeners, Dave. And, and, and also we're going to extend them to New Year's because uh, we're already past Christmas, you know, for this conversation. So sure, sure. Um, but we're going to the, 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 that we're going to hold it till Saturday night uh, for your for your listeners. Uh, We'll even push it into the uh, into the New Year's Eve, you know, and uh, uh, 65% off. We we pre-discounted the bundles. You can use uh, Christmas or New Year's as your uh, promo code, and you can get 50% off anything that we've not already pre-discounted. How, how much was that again? How much percent? Uh, five zero percent off 5%, anything that's okay. already not pre-discounted. Wow. So that would be like what we call the non-bundled items? Yeah, that's correct. So if people want to pick and choose what they want to versus take a bundle. And the bundles are basically we have a stock bundle. We have a, a Bitcoin, you know, crypto bundle. We have a day trading bundle, depending on what people like. You know, we have abilities to do personal coaching, et cetera, et cetera. So we have a lot of options for people. And the price we charge, as you know, is modest compared to what you get out of it. And I think you find a lot yeah. of people uh, very pleased with what, what it costs versus what they they can gain from from uh, being part of what we do. Yeah, the feedback I get is people make their money back well within the first trade. Yeah, I hear uh, yeah. a lot of that very very quickly. Yeah, for what we, I mean, you know, the costs are are, are modest compared to what you're you're going to get out of it. Absolutely. Uh, when you say the offer expires Saturday, you're talking about uh, Saturday the. I don't have the calendar in front of me. Is that the first? Yeah, well, actually, because that's the first. Well, it'll expire New Year's Eve, Friday night. Okay, Friday night. Okay, so um, that'll be. I'm gonna make a note here, uh, as we put into our show notes. So that'll be on 12:31. Okay, so they got a little bit of a leader on this too. That's good. Um, okay, so 50% off the non-bundled items, 65% built-in discounts for the bundled items, which teaches you how to do all this stuff. And uh, you've got full support. Um, you know, this is why I, I don't know why anyone would use. An investment service don't mean to be disrespectful to anybody but the money people are saving by doing this this way is incredible isn't it yeah I mean what you know if you want to take control of your finances then you know having a system that has been well tested is what you want to be part of and you know most services out there that that are managing your money are passive yeah mm-hmm. and so they're just gonna go you know, basically where the narrative goes, and that's not always in your best interest. Exactly. <laughs> okay, I pulled up a calendar. The 31st is on a Thursday. Yeah, so it'll be the, uh, it's going to be the end of the year. Okay. I'm getting all discombobulated. <laughs> okay, so, because I want to make sure that people know there's a deadline on this. It's the 31st at midnight, is that correct? Yeah, I keep forgetting when the end of the year is. <laughs> no, I, I hear you. It's just... I'm in- 
I'm in COVID time, Dave. <laughs> oh, listen, we're, you know, it's, it's funny. I was talking to someone else who uh, says, I want to come on your show and do an update on politics. And I said, gee, I wonder if I'll find anything to talk about. I mean, we're so mired in the details today. It's just incredible. Um, but anyway, so I just want to, I, I think we got this down here. And I, I got to tell you, um, I hear such good things about trade genius from people that have been involved in it. And they're making, uh, they're making good money. And uh, you just learn how to play the right markets. And that's the bottom line. The volatility is your friend right now, isn't it? It is. It is. The more the market moves, the more money you can make. No, it's a it's a good deal. Okay, so trade genius, trade like a genius um, is the website to go to, right? Trade like a genius dot com. Trade like a genius dot com or tradegeniusacademy.com will get you the same place. Okay, that sounds this, this sounds terrific, and uh, so people will have a, a decent amount of time to respond to this, but there's still a shelf life on this, and I'd recommend people getting into this immediately, and I do mean immediately because the market's going to shift so quickly. Yeah, guys, and, price, you, and, and you're not going to get a better price than you're going to get from the special. Oh, you're exactly right. Well, this has been really informative, and we've kind of covered the gamut here. We, we've hit <laughs> so many different avenues. It's absolutely amazing here, but I appreciate the in-depth analysis on how the politics affects the economics and vice versa. And uh, we, we covered a lot of territory today, Bob, and I think you probably have helped a lot of people make some clear decisions. Oh, no. Well, thanks for having me, Dave. Always our pleasure. Happy uh, New Year to you. Merry Christmas to you and your family. And uh, we'll talk again next month. Uh, thanks, Dave. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.